Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince, and we are here to talk about the comics that are coming out on July eleventh, twenty twenty three. Starting with Night Terrors number one, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Giuseppe Camincoli, Stefano Nessi, and Caspar Wingard. I believe I'm saying Wingard correctly. I have no idea. I think so. Let's go with that. Vince is under the weather, by the way. He sounds super sexy, but he's not feeling well. So everybody send Vince some good vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lady, lady, man. Yeah, exactly. Sexy like that. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway. So uh, let's just let's start this off by saying that you absolutely need to read Night Terror's First Blood number one before reading this issue. But I half like this issue. I'll get into why in a couple of minutes. I half liked it. What did you guys think? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I will say... I will say it feels more like a comic than the first couple installments did. Like, it feels like it feels like with this one, maybe there is a story there. I don't know that it's a good one or really an interesting one, but it feels more substantial than that first week did to me mildly. Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, I we've, we've complained about this before, but DC has forgotten how to launch an event anymore. Yes. I'll I'll feel, get to that in a second. Yeah. I feel like there was a way to combine this with what we with what came before into one thing that was satisfying than that first week intro. Yes. Zach, what did you think? You know, I think I might have also half liked it. That works. I'll I would go that far. I'm, and I can tell you the things I liked about it and the things I didn't like about it. Well, let's start there. What are the things that you liked about this? Um, so I liked that. Honestly, I think the thing I like most about it is that it's like a weird dead man, Batman team up thing. Um, that feels just like a very unique premise for an event, different, you know, of course, it's gonna it's gonna have Batman in it, but uh, it, it's almost more focused on Deadman. Deadman is essentially the main character, which is really interesting. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it, and I like the I wouldn't call it a twist, but I, I like the thing that happens at the end. Yes, very much so. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, things I didn't like. I didn't like that it tied into Lazarus planet and I didn't <laughs> like, and this is like a, you know, I'm just a broken record. I didn't like the, the narration boxes and the, the, the internal monologuing that, um, you know, went throughout the issue. And along with that, the kind of multi-page uh, opening of dead man, just like talking to the reader didn't, didn't like any of that. Well, that felt especially egregious because of the entire first blood issue which has a lot of like 
yep, that's me wondering how I got here. Stuff from uh, Dead yeah. Man. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. There's no but, reason and, for that twice. No, and you know what? The writing in this one was much better, I thought. So I feel like if they would have just gone with this <laughs> instead of what we like last week, it felt like it was just going through the motions. Brian, you said something about like this feels like like extremely like dead man for dummies or whatever. Yes. Whereas I feel all of this narration in this one, it's to me, it only feels overdone because we just got it. And I, and I feel like the writing is much better in this one. Like I think this is that this is actually, he gives you like, he, he kind of recaps his origin, but he gives you like a little bit of an emotional window or toehold on on it that that first issue didn't have that first issue was like i'm dead man this is my deal this issue is more like i'm dead man this is why you should care what my deal is yes and it just unfortunately it feels redundant because again dc doesn't know how to launch an event anymore but so yeah i i agree with zach that it was like when i read it i was like more of this even even though it was better i thought i don't know i i would absolutely agree with that i think that is that is a a really well stated way to to think about this this book um there there is some stuff in here that is still a little on the nose for me in terms of the writing side but this seems like Williamson is is beginning to tell a story that he wants to tell versus I feel like last issue felt like an an obligatory. We have to get people ready for this event. And yet it also had enough story that I feel like if you didn't read that and you started here, you wouldn't be picking up on as much of the actual story. But you could have cut all the dead man stuff from that issue. And just did a little bit of the story beats and combined it with this, with cutting out some of the dead man stuff and some of the narration stuff. And like you said, this would have been a perfectly serviceable first issue. Um, A couple of other things I did like, I thought that all of the art in this was pretty good. I don't love these multi-person uh, books. I would rather just have one artist throughout, but if you're going to do it, I think that these these artists worked really well. And I I I like what Zach said, which is that well, and I'm taking a step further. I love that it's the dead man's the lead of this. However, I don't think that DC would allow Dead Man to be a lead for this. So they had to be like, oh no, Batman's the lead character. <laughs> but it's actually like that it's it's you know, it's it, it's you understand what I'm saying. It, it's really a dead yes. man book. But you, but it's 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 only you only know that because uh, because of, he's in Batman's body, or it's only allowed it, because he's in Batman's body. It's your medicine being hill, uh, hid in a rolled up gabagool. Exactly, and I love that. <laughs> and you know, let's we'll talk about the ending. I guess for a second here, the having Dead Man and Zombie, uh, <laughs> a dead Dead Man Batman and Zombie Sandman. JSA Sandman, not Dream Sandman, is fantastic as well. Yeah. A very Sandman mystery theater Sandman. Yes. Yes. 
which is that's I mean, that's also the wink and the nod that it's giving you with his dialogue as well. So it'll be interesting how deeply they go into that or or maybe not at all. But uh, but I, I popped for that. So sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? And I, you know, I wonder, I, I think the majority of me feels like it's completely unrelated, but I do think it's interesting that Sandman, this version of Sandman's getting kind of a big bump with this. And when we have the new Sandman series coming out later this year, mm-hmm. the, the like new golden that, age one, that six issue mini. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the two will connect, but I do think maybe it is like some brand synergy kind of stuff, which like, sure, that's fine. They also just reprinted the same mystery theater stuff for the first time in years. Oh, that's cool. So I've never, I've never read any of that stuff. I, um, I, I think that that would be a fun Patreon intermezzo. Yeah, maybe it should. Maybe it would. We could throw that in there. Yeah, it would. It's very wordy. Um, oh, <laughs> so, so, there, so there is that. But, you know. It's something of a mixed bag, but a lot of it's quite good, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth a look. Okay. I, I haven't read it all. I'm just basing this on on the stuff that I have read. Yeah, yeah. Um, What didn't we like about this issue? Um, well, I do think I, I – this is my constant complaint about con- – so I feel like this isn't uh, – directed necessarily at this issue alone but this this whole thing is just so decompressed for me mm-hmm. um you know ag- ag- again all that dead man stuff i think is is really nicely written up front but it's it is like a four page introduction of him speaking to the reader <laughs> that just again feels like um like they already did it and so it's just it's just taking up space, and it has no storyline benefit, really. No, no. Uh, so again, like my, com- I I can't tell you how much more I would. Well, I don't know that I'd be super excited, but but I would look forward to this the rest of this event a little more. If these, if the gist of these two weeks were crammed together somehow, and it would it would, it would be more jaunty, you know. Yeah, um, I just I don't like the pacing of it. I also think the villain is kind is nothing. You know, he's a he's a big nothing. But I think I've I've also come to terms with like, unless somebody has a great take on an established villain, nobody's really gonna write a great new villain anymore. <laughs> you know, right? It's, like, it's very rare. Yeah, like like Williamson's doing everything he can to say. Uh, this is not Jonathan Crane, but every time Insomnia describes what his deal is, it's just like, oh, you're a, you're the fear guy now. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's nothing more to it than that. Okay, so the, he's doing more mystical stuff um, with the with the Dreamstone and the Nightmare Stone versus Jonathan Crane, who's all about like the fear science toxins and poison. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like, in the most superficial way, they are different. But like, you're if you're trying to get me to care about this character as a as a villain, I <laughs> sorry, I don't think it's it's yeah. the same. It's the net effect is the same. Um, yeah. It's, and and speaking of the villain, I I was thinking about this uh, during the week in between reading last week's issues and this week's issues. 
which is that some of my favorite events, and I'm not talking like crisis level events, but just sort of the stuff we were reading during our crisis management stuff, the, um, you know, sort of the, those late 90s, early 2000s events. Honestly, the villains never really matter that much. It's just set. It's just set dressing to get the story that you want to tell told. Right. Very rarely was one of those villains interesting enough that at the end of it, you're like, well, I hope we see that guy again. That didn't really happen yeah. that much. And that's OK. You know, like Underworld Unleashed, I remember I, I kind of enjoyed, but I wasn't like clamoring for more Neuron or anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But this did have a vibe of sort of an older DC event. Um, at least this issue to me felt a little bit like Vince said, you know, they don't know how to launch events anymore. This felt closer to a classic DC event opening than we've gotten in a while. And I didn't even realize it at first, even though it's so obvious. But the end of this issue did give me like a little bit of a, of a serotonin boost of a blackest night stuff. Sure. Of just like the dead rising, but they're not just, you know, mindless shitheads. They, you know, Sandman actually has a purpose here or whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I, you know, I ragged a little bit on like the Lazarus planet stuff and the, the Lazarus ren- resin coming back or whatever. But using it, using it to bring him back, like a character who, you know, is shown to be kind of integral to the the history or whatever of this is, is actually like a pretty good idea. So, yeah, I, I yeah, it, it, it's not awful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. The part I don't like about that, Zach, is the Lazarus Rain thing creating. Uh, yes, that's the part that I don't like as well. Yeah, but there's also insomnia. like there, there's a, there's a bit of like also kind of like Brian said, there's a bit of like invasion to that, you know, like the gene or not invasion. What was an invasion? Is that that had the gene bomb? Yeah. Yeah. And, you right. know, yeah. Or whatever caused bloodlines, whatever, <laughs> you know, that like. <laughs> Or or millennia, you know, I guess, yeah, there's like, again, kind of like a, you know, a history of that kind of thing. So I just weirdly think that like, and maybe this is a me problem. I don't, I don't want to, maybe I'm just being too picky here, but this is yet another instance where the Lazarus rain idea sounds like a massive like like status quo changing thing potentially yet i think so far it's played out in a really small way yeah and i think when you compare it to invasion i mean that was taking over every book you know there was a there was a a tie-in even if it was really superficial to like every book you know animal man has panels that don't make sense if you don't know anything about invasion right or full pages (laughs) now i don't know if that's necessarily good or bad i'm just saying i'm just saying for something as big like i forgot the lazarus rain was a thing until insomnia brought it up and it makes me think that this thing that is supposed to be driving the status quo at dc right now kind of feels like small potatoes yeah like the the lazarus planet thing was such a non-event i mean we kind of collectively just gl- ended up glossing over it. I know, Brian, I think you read all, all the tie-ins. I, I definitely did. I? Not. I thought you did. I re- thought you read most of them. 
I don't know about that. <laughs> I, have um, no, I have no memory of that. <laughs> uh, but re- re- you know, regardless, like it just be- it really feels like it came and went, and and did did not amount to much of anything. And now now it's it's seemingly you know we're being told it's important again, and and uh, it it feels pretty uh, disingenuous to me. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, isn't this kind of what we always want? Kind of. It it kind of is, but it it is, but it's not. You know, I what I want is is the thing that I want, and I don't know that DC will ever do again, is just um uh like countdown to infinite crisis. That's what I want. You know, I want I want to get back to there. Yeah um yep <laughs> but and this isn't that but i can also kind of squint and see how it kind of is you know this just seems like one of the things that i miss about event books is i and part of this is just we are too online as a fan base but also as a show and as like editor of Multiversity, I am especially to comics online. But I remember when you would get the first couple of issues of an event book and you didn't know exactly like you would you know what the what the general gist of it is, but I feel like all because of the way that all this works, you know all this stuff so far ahead of time now that nothing seems surprising. And I don't know if this is just me not paying attention or not, but the Sandman bit here legitimately surprised me. That was like, oh, look at that. That's a fun thing. I mean, it didn't didn't bowl me over, but it was something I didn't expect that was interesting and and, and well executed. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. And again, yeah. I don't know if that's just I'm paying less attention to this stuff or if that's an actual thing that wasn't really put out there too much. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I keep thinking DC is going to run out of these characters to quote unquote bring back and like surprise people with. And somehow they're not. And I think that that's part of that is me um, delighting at keys jangling in my face. Right. <laughs> um, like I, I fully admit that um, because it is also break like in some ways DC has led us to believe that that post death metal, everybody's back, you know? Right. But it continues to not really be the case. They keep pulling out these, they keep pulling out these characters that you haven't seen in a while and saying like, oh, well, well, they're back from the dead now. <laughs> okay. I thought they were already, but they don't want to, they want to be able to leave these characters off the table so that they can do stuff like this. And okay. It's a gimmick, but I will say like, yeah, so far uh, Wesley Dodd's reappearance is the best thing about this series. So who, who might argue? Jangle the keys at me. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. All right. 
Uh, up next is World's Finest Teen Titans, number one, written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Emanuela Lupacchino, Zach's friend from New York Comic Con many years ago. You interviewed her, right? Yeah, he, uh, he did a great did job. I, did I? Yeah, you did you you interviewed her and, uh, and, and uh, JT Four? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember you guys coming to me as the resident Italian and asking how to pronounce her last name. I do remember that. Yes, and then she complimented <laughs> Zach. She was, "Oh, you're the first person who got it right." Oh and, yes, I remember uh, this. Yes, I do remember this. So wow. I, uh, yes, that's right. Okay, I took a nice yes. piece of Italian American pride from knowing it was yeah. a K sound for Lupacchino, not Lupacchino. Uh-huh, and and yes. Zach said, "I I researched that all on my own." Yep. <laughs> hey, can I buy you an egg cream? <laughs> God, I want to have egg creams with you guys again so badly. That's all I want in life. All I want in life, guys. Yeah. All right, so uh, Vinci, I want you to start talking about this issue. So for, for those who don't know, <laughs> this is this is um much like Wade's other world finest book. This is a look back at the classic Teen Titans, the original ish. Teen Titans uh, in adventures set in the past. Go for it, Vince. Are they set in the past? See, well, that the... that's I have I have a lot of questions about that too. Yes, no, and maybe I'm stupid. Okay, because this this obviously doesn't start with World's Finest Teen Titans. This kind of stuff was. This is how the World's Finest Batman and Superman book was working under Wade. Right, it was Dick Grayson Robin in a. Uh, Times past setting, and yet the vernacular and some of the tech and references are very much of our modern world, right? I don't I you really... think that's just the sliding scale thing, the <laughs> sliding comic scale. I was thinking about that, yes. and I have thoughts about that. But go ahead, Vince. So here's the thing, Zach. I'm I'm yes, I'm open to that. I'm open to what you're saying. In the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter as long as the comic is good and I like it. But what I will say is... If only. We, <laughs> well, <laughs> but what I will say is... I, I hate getting hung up on stuff like that, but I got to admit that I am. And maybe, <laughs> and maybe I'm stupid because maybe they explain this somewhere. Or maybe that's me. I don't really... I'm bad at like following I, I don't really read creator interviews i don't read what they say about their books i don't really read um press what little press we get from from dc these days i don't really read much of that so maybe this has been explained somewhere zach i think your explanation it makes the most sense that it's sliding time scale stuff traditionally that's something that dc has kind of shied away from I mean, they do it, obviously, because any company that is writing stories for 80 years has to do that. But they don't, if they do like a flashback story, they don't normally, I mean, there are so many times that a character in this, they're they're talking about being social media influencers. They're talking about hashtag Teen Titans shit, you know, like they're really pouring it on. Live streaming stuff from their phones. Yes, very intentionally. Which, if, uh, if you think about it, like they would, I mean, Dick, how old do you think Dick is in, in like current DCU? Like early 30s? Yeah, 35, sure. I would say maybe 30. Yeah, I would say 30, probably. So, so That's this true. is probably yeah. like 50, this is probably like 15 to 20 years ahead of current time. 
So even then, yeah, you'd be looking at like the mid 2000s. So yeah, this doesn't add up. <laughs> right, that, that, right. that was my thing. Was like, I yeah. understand this, the sliding scale of it. And like, sure, if if there's one, if someone said hashtag Teen Titans and someone else said, what's a hashtag? Now I buy that because yes, that phrase was around 15 years ago, but nobody was really saying it, right? And so if it was treated as like, oh, we're we're on the bleeding edge of technology, but it's no, it's like, they make it sound like everyone is is using this technology, so they have to use it too. Like it very much. I got hung up on the same thing, Vince, and I wish I didn't. But I'll say this: if they didn't want me to get hung up on it, then it shouldn't have been the thrust of the issue. Right. It's the like, whole thing. Yes. The the <laughs> like the thesis statement of this of this issue is two things. Number one, Batman's a dick. Number two, the Titans are trying to be the social media superhero team. Yes. And, and you're asking me to, and again, Oh God, I feel like such a, I hate being this way because I hate when people ask ridiculous questions online about how can this possibly line up, et cetera, et cetera. You know, hit scratches rib twice. Yeah. Reduce two different notes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, but, but I, I can't, you're asking me to believe that, that they're doing live stream stuff and we're in a time where nobody knows Robin's actual identity and, and Bruce doesn't want him hanging out with Teen Titans. Like that, that is not only old school Teen Titans, that is extremely early Teen Titans, you know, Um, the other answer is that this is like a a different earth. Yes. And that is. And if it is, why don't again, maybe they already said this and I'm just stupid and I don't read that stuff, so I don't see it. But why is that not made explicit? You know, I have a theory about that. Well, lay it on me, string mean. Well, it's it's a cynical theory. Um, And that is that. DC knows that there are people like the three of us who are going to buy a book because of Mark Wade's name on it. (laughs) And that they know that beyond that, Mark Wade is going to sell bookstore copies of these books in a way that other writers are not going to do. And so if Wade came in and said, listen, I want to tell this kind of a story but it doesn't really fit into continuity. I think that now is the first time in DC history that since we've been covering it for the past 10 years, whatever it's been, this is the first time that DC's brass kind of says like, okay, who cares? Go for it. And they don't feel the need to necessarily uh, explain it away. Like, you know, for, for all of the things that we criticized Dan DiDio for, the deal was really good at being the punching bag for the press when someone in his crew needed a punching bag. Like he would he would bend over backwards to find the reason why something was in continuity. He would really work to make sure that that the message of the company and the creator was getting out there. And Jim Lee is not that guy. He mm-hmm. just isn't. And I think maybe he feels like, well, 
if people are going to buy this because of Mark's name on it and it's going to look really good, which it does, and it's going to ostensibly be really good because he's a good writer, then then it doesn't really matter if it totally fits in continuity or not. Because I think to a bookstore audience, this doesn't read strange at all. Yeah, I think you're probably right. This is this is me being the this is me being comic book guy. But I I feel the same way though. Well, I, I, just, I just don't want to speak for you. Yeah, this is me not wanting you to bang your head on the display case, please, for it contains a very <laughs> rare Mary word, in which she advises a friend <laughs> Someone to commit kills suicide. suicide. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's a rare picture of Sean Connery signed by Roger Moore. <laughs> no, if you'll excuse me. My microwave burrito is congealing. <laughs> uh, these hundred tacos should suffice for the Doctor Who marathon. Uh, we can do comic book guy all day long. Are you the creator of High and Lois? Because you're making me laugh. Uh, all right, that's it. Uh, Zach, talk more about this issue. Uh, I actually really didn't like this at all. Yeah. I, I thought I this was one of the like most... Like one of the dullest first issues I've ever read. Ever, in terms of like high quality books, you know, okay. our high top, like high tier creators, I really like a book that sounded like a slam dunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it it like to me, it like could not have for, for for what it could and or should have been. It it could not have gone over with like more of a, a wet fart. You know, like it's just just very uh, oh, like it's nothing it's it's it, it's it is nothing really like it it does nothing with these characters that aside from kind of like we discussed putting them in a in a semi-modern setting it it's just like it's just them talking. I, I really, I really disliked the format of like having this running thread between <laughs> each of the Titans talking to their mentors and having like the the conversations like playing off of each other and finishing the sentences. It 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 I just thought it I, I didn't I just didn't like it. I didn't there there was nothing to like hang on to in this issue. And even like the the cliffhanger at the end, I thought was just also kind of nothing um i yeah i don't know i i think that there's still a lot of potential for this series but as a first issue i think this is is pretty poor i could see that i i don't think i'm as down on this as you are but that isn't uh that isn't to say I'm high on it necessarily. Here's yeah. what I'll say. I, I I did not like the overall uh discussion with the mentors thing either, especially because the Ollie and Speedy one very much felt like a very special after school episode. Yeah. Um well but... and that's all that's also somewhat material that's also being handled in a different book already i feel like i feel like we've seen that conversation with ollie and roy very recently in a different setting yeah well ollie has apologized for the way he treated roy like 400 times in comics <laughs> um 
That's a very common thing. But uh, but I'll say this. I don't think that that is going to be a regular thing in this book. Like to me, that was very much a we have to catch people up on the status quo of these characters. Um, situation. And so I hope we don't keep getting these throwbacks um, <laughs> yeah. or these flashbacks or to those conversations. I I did not care for those much either. Yeah, that, that's actually probably like this issue is more for people who have maybe never read a Teen Titan or not familiar with like this era of Teen Titans or these characters at this time. And so for me, this is I don't I don't need this issue. I'm ready to jump into issue two. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, that was I remember when, when this was announced, I was the low man on this because I said that I don't really have interest in more stories set in this era because I feel like there are already plenty of good stories set in this era. And I would rather there be a book that told new stories with these characters as opposed to sort of rehashing the past here. And, yeah. you know, obviously the allure of Lupacino and Wade is high enough that I'm, I was going to read this no matter what. But I, I mean, I guess, I guess it's cool that Wade is building this like alternate timeline of world's finest books, where where you get you know, um, he has the, this 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 little corner of the DC universe where he's telling stories, basically from when he was growing up, right? Like these, he he is of the age that he was probably reading. Teen Titans comics in the 70s and so yeah. he is just retelling the stories that he's been uh they that he loved in in a way that you know that he that he finds interesting whatever that's fine that's great but like the best part of world's finest so far to me was the magog stuff mm-hmm. because that was doing something new in that setting and it wasn't just telling a story that would be one day you know, just another sort of nothing. That Magog story, you know, sets up Kingdom Come in a way. It sets up a J- some JSA stuff in the way. It just, it was really interesting and cool to have a story that was going to touch other parts of the DC <laughs> universe. And uh, I am, I'm not, I'm, I'm not super thrilled about a book like this that doesn't do things like that. And that's not to say that it won't do that. It's just this doesn't feel like it's going to be doing anything super interesting or new just yet and it is just one issue i recognize that yeah i i do think that wade has a plan for for why this book exists and i i do think that it may, maybe that this is naive of me to think this but i i i feel like it plays into his greater world's finest plans you know what i mean yeah i feel like it has a reason for existing even if it's not apparent at all in this first issue. And I think that's what I'm most disappointed about is that I was hoping that this book would have some inkling of, of why it exists and at the end of the first issue. And it, and it really doesn't for me. And so if I'm, I'm, being... I'm annoyed that I have to come back for another issue to, <laughs> to get that, you know, <laughs> sure. Sure. If I'm being super generous, I will say that the, the cliffhanger at the end, at least, has me i want to know who that is i'm i I don't think it's the world's greatest cliffhanger but like i will come back to check out to see who that cliffhanger is to see to see how that resolves rather and so at least at least it does that yeah that's very faint praise i recognize yeah um 
Um, yeah. I think I... I guess my final word on this is that um, I... I I want to agree with you, Zach, about that. There there are greater plans here. I I want this I want this to lead to a Mark Wade meta narrative in the post Williamson um, DC universe. Like, I think you know Wade still even if I didn't like this, Wade still has juice, right? most of the other stuff that he's done at DC so far has, has been to my liking. Um, and I, I feel like the only way this is going to be worth it is if this world's finest stuff kind of drives what comes next um, in the post Williamson space, because I'd like to Wade is such an obvious person to kind of drive DC for a while who hasn't really gotten a chance to do it, but we've known like all his career that he would be good at it and, and, and deserves a shot. Right. And I guess I'd be really disappointed if this didn't build to something more. Um, Even if it's not like a, you know, main or like, where Williamson is right now in in control of the DCU, even if it's not that, I'm I'm fine with like Wade just having his own corner of the DCU that he is kind of in charge of, and yeah. you know, and I we've seen a bit of that with the the you know the way that like the first arc of World's Finest led into Batman versus Robin, which I know we didn't really like, and that also was kind of dovetailing into the Williamson stuff. But then, yeah, like we we really liked that second arc with Boy Thunder, and I don't know if either of you have seen like solicits for upcoming. No, oh, actually, no, I can't talk about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) Is that because it's something you've read that hasn't come out yet? (laughs) Yeah, it's something that I've seen that is not out yet. I don't think actually. So uh, we can talk about it off air. Let's do that. Um, but it regardless, I think like Wade Wade has plans and I and I don't know why he would release this if it doesn't factor into something he's doing. The good news about Wade is I think that Wade is much more likely to be able to keep on a schedule in a way that Jeff Johns having his own corner of the DC universe just seemingly cannot do. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even like the, like the Benda stuff did, you know, like, yeah, the Benda stuff. certainly there was, that stuff was coming out consistently. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, This joke is no longer funny, but Vince, when you're talking about Wade's juice. I was going to say, you like the juice. <laughs> it's good juice. <laughs> I get you the juices juice. are good. I get you more juice. Yeah. It's funny. It's always funny. It is. The thing about that sketch that, that is so remarkable. Is that Jonathan is... Richmond is in the background of it? No, I didn't know that, but that's yes, he is. that is that is remarkable. No, it's that if you listen to the dialogue between Mike Myers and uh Jason Alexander mm-hmm. as the customers, mm-hmm. it couldn't be more perfunctory if it tried. Oh, like, there's it's nothing. It's nothing. There, yeah, 
it it's so funny how how little they're actually saying to one another. Um, but that's like the least important part of that sketch. So, yeah, audience is getting pissed off. <laughs> I'll uh, end of the sketch. Uh, well, anyway, what comes out next week, Vince? Uh, next week being the 18th. Correct. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest 17. Batman White Knight presents Generation Joker number three. Harley Quinn Black and White and Redder number one, I guess is a thing. Um, Hawkgirl number one. Uh, Static Shadows of Dakota number five. Tales of the Titans starring Starfire number one. The Vigil number three. And I'm just going to do all the Night Terrors books right now just in a row. Catwoman, Nightwing, Punchline, Superman, Wonder Woman. All right. Well, if you have to find two thirds of us, we are still on Twitter. Maybe by the time this comes out, I don't know. I'm on Twitter and Threads at Brian Needs an App, and I'm on Twitter at the Woke of Z. And I'm uh, I'm setting up a Threads. I don't know yet. I'll have it. I'll have it on the next show. If you need to find Vince, he is trying to feel better. Feel better. Yes, buddy. I'm COVID negative. I just found out. Okay, congratulations. Just got just got my test back. Okay. I can get right back in the capitalist machine. Exactly. I don't know. Since COVID, every time that I've been the sickest, it has been not COVID. So, yes. Yeah. It's it's, it's something else Dr. Fauci has cooked up for us. <laughs> uh, I uh, I went to buy my mom a book for uh, her birthday, walked to the bookstore. And in three different and there locations, there was Dr. Fauci. No, in, but in three different locations in the Barnes and Noble I went to was the Robert F. Kennedy anti Fauci book. Oh, boy. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Did you, did you, did you drop, did you take off your shirt, drop to your hands and knees and do 10 bad push ups in his honor? <laughs> of course. Of course I did. Uh, all right. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Vince, I know you're sick, but you sound super tuned. You also sound super sexy like this. Yeah, you oh, do. Great. Um, I will get COVID or whatever this is uh, more often then. <laughs>